0: It's scary to think about doing this to people. I think yeah. that's the thing. It feels, it feels wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, but I—I I mean, it feels wrong. But then there's also in my we head, have
1: no way to uh, police these things. Oh, um, nine one one. Somebody's play. projection identified. <laughs> Everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott.
0: And I am Mace. Welcome to episode 122. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Yeah, I, mean, um, it,
1: it, it, I mean, we start every week with some sort of random. I just I just say the first thing that comes in my head, but it is very strange. That's 122 episodes.
0: It is because I'm like, that's 60 plus 60. Plus <laughs> I two. I like that. That's the way my brain just works. I'm like two whole hours worth of time. Like, I don't know. Those numbers just feel significant to me.
1: No, I mean, our earlier episodes just seem so far away in the distance now. And I personally feel like the the general vibe of the podcast has mellowed. Like, I think in the early days, we were so giddy about doing it. And we were like, I mean, I'll say speak for myself. I was personally just... Uh, blown away and I don't know the right word I, I I was I was I was blown away that that there was a space where we could just pop off on topics that we thought were interesting
0: we could just be curious and do it and it was just we, we just talked about this a container for a that container. space to pop off I was giddy so welcome and
1: I still am but like yeah
0: yeah I guess the giddiness is worn off not as exciting
1: it's very exciting it's just it's boring uh, now <laughs> We're just here recording just, this dumb podcast. We're, curious. we're putting these, <laughs> talking to this microphone.
0: We're going to talk about a defense thing. Blah, it's blah, blah. Defense mechanisms, important. humanity,
1: existentialism, blah, blah, blah.
0: Okay, but for real, <laughs> though, this already... We got to get into the topic quickly because we, <laughs> we're already running late tonight. But You're the right. topic almost was meta because... We, as a podcast, are so often self-referencing that we were thinking we would do the topic mm. as meta. Mm-hmm. And we may still do a topic that's meta, but we're doing a different topic tonight. I already forgot about that. <laughs> that's long in the past. That was yeah. five days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this Tonight, we, our, our plans shifted because I convinced Scott. I was like, so, folks, I, Mace, just started grad school. I've talked about it a bit on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I started grad school at the Seattle School in Seattle, Washington. It's online, and I'm getting my master's in counseling psychology. So it's been three weeks, four weeks now, um, being in the program. And so I'm already, like, mind. Being blown all the time. But <laughs> I had this lecture that was so, 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 so good. So I was like, Scott, you have to come over and watch this. Like, come watch my school lecture. So I'm like watching my lecture again. And this whole lecture is so, so good. But one of the things that was talked about was projective identification. And so many things were talked about. And I'll probably talk a bit about that too. But that just kind of, I think both of our attentions were sparked. And we're like, what if we actually didn't do meta and we did this? And so that's where we are.
1: There's something about I, I like I like that people talk about like an album. Some there's like music reviewers. Like I, I, it's probably a cliche that I like to watch Anthony Fantano's channel, but there it is.
0: Hey, it's Anthony Fantano. Is that how he says yeah. it?
1: <laughs> Internet's <laughs> busiest music nerd, best teeth in the game. <laughs> um, but or and people call him Melon, but uh. Yeah, um, why did I bring up Anthony? I have,
0: I have no idea.
1: Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. Why did I bring up Anthony Fantana? We're
0: talking about projective identification. Uh, oh man, I'm gonna have to
1: edit this out.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I should keep it in there. Thought. Um, okay,
1: what was it? Projective identification. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I had an important thought about that. Oh man!
0: Lectures, curiosity, coming here. Okay, I'll. Should I just share some other things, and then when it comes sure. to you, you can. If it comes to me, I'll share. Um, I will just say so. Part of this being our topic, and I think part of tonight is a little bit also. I think Scott joked about this, saying like introducing, like the the grad school mace. Mm-hmm. Like we're entering into this new stage. I think as. Pod, a podcast in the sense of like obviously we're always learning and growing but I am in a particular learning environment mm-hmm. and we as a podcast have found ourselves picking topics that pertain a lot to psychology psychodynamics like psychoanalysis all of these pieces which I'm now studying so that's very fun for us and it's new it's a new piece to the podcast in the sense that I find myself, it's going both ways because our school, like the first couple of weeks, a lot of one of my classes I've been taking has been really truly about getting everyone convinced that curiosity is the way forward and that we need to be fighting against certainty. Like yeah. literally we had a lecture or a guest come in and talk and their main point was like, we need to be more curious. We need to be less certain. I was like, Oh, this is so fun. Like, I'm like this, it's, it's so nice having a space that we're trying to make that container and do that. Um, And so it feels really cool to be in this space where the, the people around me are encouraging me to be more curious. And there are people who are also committed to that as well. And so it's, it's seeping in, it's seeping in, but it's also, a whole lot. So I'm, I'm managing a lot and processing so much information right now. So I think it's going to be interesting talking about this. Cause I'm like, everything feels so much and so big right now. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, you said it perfectly. I, I do remember what I was going to say about Anthony, Anthony Vantana. is this is on is it? point or it's on topic. Uh, people like Anthony Vantana music reviewers will refer to albums as like a project
2: mm-hmm.
1: or a, um, group. You know, there'll be like uh, you know, twenty-one pilots, this project. This this project that is twenty-one pilots. We love them. And yeah, I think of No Small Thing as a project in a way. It's like we started off with this sort of desire for curiosity. And we started off, I mean, essentially the name of the podcast was gonna be Everything Is Interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: there is this bottom line thing of of this belief that we can drum up a conversation about most topics. But um, yeah, I like to think as a project, it it's evolving. I agree. And we just go, this is what we're interested in this week. Maybe someday it will be only a podcast dedicated utterly and completely to projection identification. <laughs> and we'll have it all figured out.
2: <laughs> I don't People think like so. That. They really
1: went all in. But it took... Remember that episode, episode 122, when they did projection identification, that planted the seed to this to new this, podcast.
0: The new podcast where <laughs> they deeply understand narcissistic <laughs> behavior and the effects of projective identification in early childhood relationships with.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, honestly, with where you're going with your school.
0: Um. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Should we, okay, I have a few thoughts as we head into this topic and start to kind of move more towards projective mm-hmm. identification, move more towards this. Hopefully your this
1: appetite thing. is has been wet. You're interested. Yep. That sounds like a cringy thing to say for some reason. <laughs> so,
0: so we as a podcast have done quite a few episodes on defense mechanisms. Everybody. Yep. We've got. We've taught we've we've broken down a lot of defense mechanisms. I think and
1: second you know, to enneagram, it's
0: yeah defense mechanisms
1: right in there. And
0: we've learned a lot, and it's a thing we're very curious about. And one thing that I've been thinking a lot about in terms of curiosity is like, I think if we are really being curious and engaging in the world, like I think almost daily we're changing our minds or changing the way we're thinking about things and being open to that and not yeah. being like stuck, which is interesting because I think I think it's a good thing we have a podcast that's charging us to be curious because I think without being conscious in it, it's really easy to fall out of curiosity. I'm always falling out of curiosity and like often can be very set in certain ways of thinking. So it's, it's good to have this practice, but I think with defense mechanisms that really has been a journey of us kind of figuring out what they are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, it's been interesting being curious about them. And then I'm seeing them in a whole new way. And it's, it's very fun to think about that and think about the ways that my, the shifts in the way I'm seeing defense mechanisms is right now, just because I've, because of like the shift of the way I've just been thinking about the way we look at these symptoms or Mm -hmm. we look at these mechanisms Mm -hmm. Because I feel like in our initial episodes, as we're talking about defense mechanisms, and honestly, the way we talk about the Enneagram sometimes, I think I can be, I can look at them as something that needs to be navigated mm. and something that maybe needs to be controlled, or maybe something my first thoughts of it is, how can I be aware of it so that way I'm not stuck doing it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I don't think those are terrible things but this lecture that's like kind of inspired doing this episode has really reshifted the way i find myself wanting to think about things like defense mechanisms or think about things like symptoms or something like projected identification which i don't know if it's technically a defense mechanism
1: Uh uh-oh (gasps) uh-oh well well we're not calling this episode defense mechanisms so
0: are we not no we're just going to straight up call it projective identification yeah. yeah i think that i think that makes sense
1: maybe it's um, maybe it's defense mechanism adjacent
0: yeah yeah it feels it feels adjacent yeah um
1: a mutation of projection <laughs> <laughs> i don't know
0: what Yeah that means. it's like it's like projection <laughs> like that would be
1: literal like it's, oh projection is mutated
0: well in this one article that i read projective identification revisited that you also read yeah
1: um yeah no no i mean i thought i had it figured out until i read that article exactly and that's like how you're probably feeling i was like oh uh,
0: i'm like maybe i shouldn't have read this Bion? article
1: melanie klein it's <laughs> <Where are these laughs> so people?
0: complicated um but i've kind of been rethinking the way i see these things because so I'm trying. I again, I told you guys I have lots of thoughts that I'm trying to process and share.
1: This is an episode about projection identification, and it's also a a, a little bit of a catch up and a capturing of where Mace is three weeks into grad school.
0: (laughs) I guess, but I also think it applies to how I I, it's not a guess, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I think that. The reason why this I'm I'm wanting to say these things is because I do think it it changes the way we look at something like projective identification. Ah, so it, it it's a reframe of how we're I okay maybe what I'm trying to say is I've I've experienced a reframe of how I'm seeing things like defense mechanisms and I'm wanting to share that.
1: Would you share it right now? Yeah. Okay. So,
0: <laughs> so oh, it's it feels really hard to do this because it just feels really complex. But essentially, thinking about these feels complex (laughs) because it is
1: we just want to simplify bottom line for me make it a let's make this a three-minute episode just say it i'm totally kidding
0: it's kind of a reframe of looking at symptoms or defenses or all these pieces that we have that we might look at as like psychological quote-unquote problems that need to be healed Mm -hmm. and instead of looking them at them as these things that need to be navigated need to be healed need to need to be managed looking at them as these points that are if we're looking at it from a systems perspective Mm. so we're not just looking at it in terms of the individual and we're not just looking at it in terms of managing it and healing it we're looking at it as what does this symptom what is this defense what is this thing that this person is showing pointing to in our system where like What they're doing with their defense, what they're doing with their psychological manipulation, all those pieces, those are, my professor called them like, that's hope bursting forward. When we see those defenses or these pieces, those are the places where, like, they're the the points where healing can occur.
1: Okay, uh, you're really getting me pumped up here. I think maybe for listeners who are tuning in maybe for the first time or I mean maybe we're not the best at like really teaching. <laughs> we just start popping off. Like what so so what what would you mean by like a symptom?
0: A symptom. Oh, Okay, projective identification would be one of them. <laughs> um uh I I mean that would be one of them, but let me think. Another symptom would be
1: I mean symptoms of scapegoating. Are scapegoating. Yeah, but I I'm, th- I'm thinking like um uh, uh, I'm thinking of the most basic form of like like we were talking about my dog the other day. Yeah. Like my dog being like a very anxious dog. Yes. And peeing all over the house And after 7 or 8 years he still can't figure that out. And I'm mm-hmm. like okay, well, every every um thing I've read has said don't put your dog in the front of the house where he can see the window and see access to, like, people and dogs walking by all day because that will make him feel more territorial. Yeah. I didn't know that until recently. So he's peeing all over the house, and I'm like, this is a problem. I'm like, well, that's a symptom of the problem. The problem is that you've put him in front of the window. Right. You know, right?" And that's the thing that needs to be addressed. I th- That's the way I kind of hear, th- think about symptoms. Am I wrong?
0: No, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. And I also think... I mean, we could pull it back even more and think about Dodger as a symptom. Just Dodger the entity.
1: Why do we get a dog? A
0: symptom <laughs> of like the, the complexities of family, you know? Sure, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. System, the system of the family dynamic and what is the symptom of Dodger? I don't know. That's probably too weird. Meta. Um, <laughs> meta.
1: No, but but I think you were saying essentially, you were saying through your lecture or whatever, that the, the, that the symptom is the holy person.
0: Like, I think if we think of a, f- like, one thing that was being brought forward was, like, this idea of, like, the person bearing the symptom bearer, the person that's bearing the most symptom, whether that's in a society or you could think, like, a family structure. So maybe someone who's struggling with addiction, struggling with any name kind of symptom, any behavior that they're exhibiting, they, instead of looking at them as this burden instead of looking at them as carrying something that's negative, kind of reshifting and seeing the weight that they're carrying of our society, that they're pointing to the pieces where we are missing each other. And that their their symptoms are actually the points in which we all could receive healing. And I think if you think of like a further pull it back system, we look at the injustices we're experiencing in our world today. And the people who are bearing the symptoms of them, like they're they're the ones taking the brunt for society. And they're often the people like that are the healing points. It's really complicated. And we're also reading the uh pedagogy of the oppressed. So good. Which is is so good, but it it, it continues to kind of remind you that like how complex and complicated. It is, and, like, that, the pedagogy of the oppressed is kind of essentially, like, making this point of for healing to occur or for societies to be amended or justice to be had, essentially the oppressed are the ones who have to be the ones to kind of do the work for both the oppressed and the oppressor. Mm. Because the oppressor is is too kind of far gone and it's the oppressed it, it will only take the strength of someone who's able to break off the chains of their oppression in order for like the kind of strength and power that's needed to heal societies. Yeah. yeah. So it's like looking at that in tandem with symptom bearers like they feel like they're right in line with each other. And it's just kind of this reframing of the way we see pathologies, the way we see people who are struggling we see people who are exhibiting symptoms in our society like looking at them looking at these symptoms not as this thing that we have to deal with but looking at them symptoms and saying wow this symptom is our best chance at hope that symptom right there how can we be looking at that symptom and being attuned to the symptom make space for the symptom and what is the symptom teaching us what does the symptom have to say to us Yeah, and allowing that
1: Why, why does that?
0: <laughs> Projective identification? We haven't even gotten into that, <laughs> I but know. like,
1: I, I'm just like, why? That seems so, I don't know. It's overwhelming because it seems so logical to me, and yet I am aware that for a lot of people, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm smart and enlightened. I'm just saying there are a lot of things I don't understand and get in the world, um, but this seems to be one of them that makes a lot of sense to me. It's, and not something that I'm good at dealing with. I I, I get overwhelmed and frustrated at symptoms all the time. Um, But even as a parent, you know, there are certain things that are happening in the family life where your kids are acting up. And that's just a symptom of a deeper problem. And people are like, oh, well, I'm just going to spank this kid. And that's going to solve it. It's like uh, the the crying, the acting up, the lack of sleep, the weird eating habits. Whatever it is that's going on with your kids is probably... A symptom or a manifestation of a deeper issue.
0: Yeah, it's pointing to a lot more. Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's societal. It's it's structural. It's organizational. It's it, it it's just it shows up in the friendship. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. these symptoms. Yeah, and it seems unwise. I mean, it seems a little bit too like this concept of deep justice. Like the metaphor I've ever heard. Of, I've always heard for deep justice is like. There, this this isn't literal, but it's like, okay, there's some people who live by a river and all of a sudden one day they see some wounded slash dead bodies floating down the river. So they make up all these organizations and structures and plans to like help with these dead bodies and wounded bodies. And like, here's a medical team and here's what we're going to do, these dead bodies. And, and they're just, doing that and someday yeah. one day somebody says let's go up to the top where the source of this is happening and, and figure out where these dead bodies are coming from yeah that's the probably the that's better way to spend our time <laughs> you know yeah so it seems similar uh, uh, you know but we're talking about like psychology here too
0: yeah no i mean i think uh, yeah i think it's it's similar to that i think it's interesting because i think logically like all of these things I would have said, yeah, I believe, but there's something that's like, I feel attuned to my heart thinking of it. Like the way I think for me, especially is like, I'm heading into this program to like, hopefully do work in Mm -hmm. terms of like working Mm -hmm. with people and like working with healing. And I'm like, this is a conscious reframe that I want to keep in my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, this is going to take time to sit in, but I'm like, this is honestly, it it does feel like a reframe in my soul for me because I think I've, I don't know. I think it's I think it's good.
1: Well, so okay. we said we were gonna do twenty <laughs> to thirty minutes and we're already twenty-two minutes and we haven't even talked about projection identification. Okay,
0: okay. Should we get into everybody it?
1: projection identification? Yeah, use.
0: so this is one of those symptoms my professor casually mentioned, and then everyone was like, Tell us more. And so we thought we'd do it as a topic. So <laughs> this is kind go look of it up. I mean, what? that's the
1: thing. It's like you we're just talking here. You can go look it up. We're, we're right. We're, we're providing this is what I said about like Robert Krolich and Jad Ebenrod who host radio lab at the very end. They were like saying the conversation is like putting as like a warm fire. Yeah. We're just, we're just providing an experience. You can go, you can go, we're not, you go look up ide- projection identification. Right.
0: And you're probably going to have a better understanding if you go and look it up. <laughs> we're, you're really going to see if you're curious about how people are, if you're curious to listen to two people, try and understand a complex topic and right. work together to try and understand it. And do our best, then that's that's what you'll get sticking around. You Let's know? really get into
1: it, though, because <laughs> I'm really interested in this topic.
0: Um, okay, so what is it?
1: <laughs> projective
0: identification. identification. So there's like so many pieces to it that I'm trying to understand because it's it's not projection.
1: Yeah, but it involves but it, projection. It involves
0: projection, and it involves splitting. Okay. They always say splitting happens first, and everything I've read thus far.
1: Okay, uh, so so so. Could I take a quick, very, very quick stab at explaining those two things?
0: Yes, you definitely can. Go ahead. I think the splitting refers to almost a different splitting than the one that we know oh of. Oh goodness! Which is this is another thing I'm learning about psychology more and more is like object for one person means something completely different for someone else.
1: Yeah, and we so also have to understand that, like the people that are listening. This is this is the thing that's happened to me too with preaching, right? we got to keep in mind that our audience right now is not your professors at the Seattle School. I know. <laughs> I know
0: I have to always keep that in mind in yeah. my brain right now. <laughs>
1: you know, these are, these are uh, it's, it's just uh, everyday normies like us out there listening to podcasts. Like, we don't need to worry about this.
0: Right. And, like, this was all brand new information to me, like, yeah. a
1: week ago. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the simplest form to describe projection as a defense mechanism is there something inside of yourself that is intolerable? And so you throw it out of yourself and put it on somebody else.
0: Projection. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's
1: projection, at least in the simplest terms of the way I understand it. If I was trying to describe it to somebody on the street, whatever yep. that means. Yep. Um, so so you might be feeling angry and um, you don't you don't like the fact that you feel angry and you're talking to somebody and you go, oh, why are you acting so angry? And the person's like, what? And I feel like we're already sort of dabbling in projection and identification there, but... Um, splitting is where, uh, there's, there's tension in terms of ambiguity and your mind can't tolerate that. So you have to split things up into binaries and black and white. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you might have a new understanding of splitting, (laughs) but that's generally.
0: No, I mean, I think that's actually good and helpful in the sense of a simpler term. I, I think it is like a lot of these defenses, especially as I read more of the literature, it's like these they're studied a lot in early, early infancy and childhood.
1: Right. right, that's where maybe we would be unwise to go into that state.
0: Right, so <laughs> we won't go into that. But I guess it might be good and brief to say I'm going to read the Wikipedia definition of projection identification <laughs> in a
1: second. We have all this really great technical stuff that you've gotten from your school, but like I did do that today. I read I read your big long article, and I just like to paint the picture. Everybody, Mace has like a very like a uh, professional academic article for, for a master's level class. Honestly. I read this whole thing and I was like, let me just look up Wikipedia. <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> I'd read this thing after I had just woken up from a nap. I was like, okay, I got to read this thing for the podcast. And I woke up, I sat up in bed. It's like 26 pages. And I'm reading this thing on my phone and I'm like interested, but I'm also confused.
0: So confused. You didn't have to read it all. That was nice of you.
1: No, that's my, my own personal... Uh, value
0: system at play oh my goodness um i know in this this article it's like it's obviously making a lot of caveats and like nuances to a definition because they would have something to say against this definition but anyways (laughs) i'll read this definition um this is just from wikipedia and i'll probably pause that point so projective identification (laughs) is a term introduced by melanie klein and then widely adopted in psychoanalytic psychotherapy so I'm learning about Melanie Klein now. She's mm-hmm. an object relations therapist. And
1: buy-in he's another big one.
0: Yes, he is another big one. Reference in this.
1: My friend and Sean's always bringing up Bay-in.
0: And she's the one who kind of brought this first idea of melan- er, of projective identification came up, and she did a lot of work with infants and a lot of work with mothers specifically. So for her, these a lot of these things which. I think this is the an interesting piece of like we we kind of are pop culture psychology people and what we talk about and it's like oh these are the defense mechanisms and then there's always it seems like all these studies on children that.
1: Oh, that's a side note, I do wanna, I do like to say uh, again in, as a, as an encouragement to us and no small thing, is like. Reading the history in this article is like somebody like Melanie Klein starts the conversation and then buying adds and then all these other people started adding and clarifying. Right. And changing. So that's exactly what's happening here. We're entering into the conversation.
0: Exactly. We're yeah. we're the next.
1: We're the well, next.
0: Well, yeah, that's The thing <laughs> we're, is, not the it's like we're not the
1: researchers, but Because
0: people would say the way we think about projective identification now is probably not the same way that she wrote about it. Right. Okay. So here we go.
1: What is it? I feel like people are like, I what? <laughs> Is it according somebody to
0: somebody, uh, say it. The American, <laughs> I know true. Psychological Association. Land the plane. The expression <laughs> can have two meanings. One, in psychoanalysis, projective identification is a defense mechanism, in which the individual projects qualities that are unacceptable to the self onto the another person, and that person internalizes the projected qualities and believes themselves to be characterized by them appropriately and justifiably.
1: Dang. Okay. Well, do you want to keep reading? Is a
0: lot to unpack. I mean, there is more because there's a two-second. There's a second piece. But Okay. So I'll read that, and then we'll get back to it. Okay, go ahead. Two. In <laughs> the object's relations theory of Melanie Klein, projective identification is a defense mechanism in which a person fantasizes that a part of their ego is split off and projected into the object in order to harm them or to protect the disavowed part. In the second sense, it can be said that in a close relationship as between a parent and child, lovers, or therapist and patient, parts of the self may, in unconscious fantasy, be thought of as being forced into the other person. (laughs)
2: okay <laughs> i'll
0: pause it there. i feel like we should what are your thoughts i feel
1: like we should just go deep diving on the part one
2: tonight. i think
0: so too i think so i think that's the the more probably juicier bit and the part that we can actually have thoughts on the melanie klein stuff is confusing.
1: yeah no it is yeah side note check in checking in on our mics i How's think we should still talk a little closer
0: okay checking in here i feel I am. like
1: you're talking up here
0: um, okay. Here we go. <laughs> I'm getting a, a new grip on my mics. Um, okay. Do you want me to reread the one, that one again? And then do you want to give me your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's do that. That's a great way to do it.
0: Um, okay. In psychoanalysis, projective identification is a defense mechanism in which the individual projects qualities that are unacceptable to the self onto another person and that person internalizes the projected qualities and believes themselves to be characterized by them appropriately and justifiably.
1: Okay. So I feel like this takes projection to a very, very bizarre and interesting and creepy level.
0: It does. It <laughs> really does.
1: Uh, the, the image that kept com- keeps coming to mind since you told me about this is like a puppet. <laughs> like, it, and, I, and as I've read about this, I've heard the word magic, Invoked. Mm-hmm. Um, this seems to be. I, I mean, I guess when you get into the deep realms of psychology, a lot of these things do feel a little bit like magic. The 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 deep impact that we can have on each other's emotions. I mean, this is taking it to an entirely different space. But like, I think about the massive impact. That just the last presidential debate had on our society. Yeah. Like we are literally impacted by Donald Trump's psychosis, his unhealth, his narcissism. It it seeps into our bloodstream and our society.
0: It fully does. But
1: I felt so I watched that thing and I was like
0: Is he is their projective identification? To the audience, to the, the country. I'm
1: sure. I'm <laughs> sure. But I was watching that thing and I was like, really, uh, like, my family was all having their own interaction. Avery, very wisely, my daughter, 14-year-old daughter, was Stopped. like, I'm, I'm going upstairs. I'm like, very wise decision, respectable. <laughs> Marissa was next. And then Jack and I decided to watch the whole thing. And I, the whole time I had a lot of pride going on. I'm like, I can handle this. I can handle this. Afterwards, I was like, oh, I feel like crap, and it wasn't like oh, I'm discouraged for our country. I'm like, something has entered me, mm-hmm. some sickness, that energy that Donald Trump was putting out through that thing. I'm like, it is in me right now, and mm-hmm. I feel sick. Mm-hmm. Like that is intense. <laughs> so so I, I guess I guess that's a long roundabout way to say like my my uh, in terms of magic, <laughs> and this interpretation of what I'm hearing in this definition is like. There, its projection is like you're 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 placing something on somebody that's inside of you that you don't want so everybody for the the basic i'm i'm assuming it's like a sadness an anger uh, a sense of blame a f- and a
0: frustration a feeling like you're not organized yeah. a feeling like
1: you thrust it outside of yourself so you don't want it you don't want that feeling and you don't want to confront it yeah you
0: don't want it or maybe this is another thing maybe it's not that you don't Want it? Maybe you don't want it, but you don't know how to think about it. You don't know how to process it. You can't do it from inside yourself, maybe. So, in order to deal with it, you have to project it out. So so it's in front of you.
1: Well, so. Dang, this is wild because I think this is just a wet the appetite one. (laughs) A funny (laughs) funny phrase. (laughs) But like we're already at 34 minutes, which is fine. Oh no, yeah, because we have a really we have a
0: fun idea for the second segment. Well, and we have you guys coming Uh, up after this crazy pivot of the podcast to a very a new segment for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So 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 this takes projection to a whole new level. So you project it out on somebody else, and then what happens, it seems is unwittingly, unknowingly, in certain situations, I guess with a person that's not really aware that this type of stuff happens. Keep going. Let's just get this definition out there, (laughs) like the explanation out. (laughs) Um, The person receives it and takes it on Mm -hmm. and does it. So, So now that person is, if you're feeling angry, that person is now acting angry. And in some way, you sort of in heavy quotes magically you like manipulated made, it to happen essentially yeah. yeah and then, and then, and then you're like, "Look, you're angry, and the person's like, "Yeah, I am angry, and all along it's your anger that was cast out on that person,
0: right, right, and it gets them, yeah, which okay, so what I was gonna say is, I think, as it was being explained, I think this is this is one of those ones that like is used very significantly in mm-hmm. therapy in the sense that like it's a lot to work with yeah. and that if you're going to project, project, identify onto me as a therapist, mm-hmm. um, we can work with that. But I do think like this, this one article was arguing that the person didn't have to necessarily be affected by it for it to be pr- projective identification. If it's serving that function for the person who's doing it, which I was slightly confused about. I mean, it's kind of, it's I,
1: I, I track with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because because what I'm—I mean, this isn't—you're—you're you're, you're learning about this in technical ways for, uh, to be a therapist, but just the way it functions in everyday, you know, relationships. The life. Yeah. Like I—I I think as an enneagram five, it, it's approaching relationships with sort of this posture of like emotional non-attachment. I was having a hard time really accessing the times where I've felt, um, projection identification on myself. Although I'm sh- certain that's happened, but to yeah, me. but um, I do think that <laughs> this sounds so arrogant. It's like there's there's many areas in my life where I'm an utter failure, but there, I do feel like I, I I sort of probably typically for a lot of people um, thwart that energy. Yeah, you know, somebody's like, I'm going to try to put this on you. I'm like, well, it's not landing. Uh, so what do you want to do with that? <laughs> yeah, But but it is exposing, it seems like, if somebody's going to... But I think when the therapeutic realm, and correct me if I'm wrong, you can say something along the lines of like, I'm going to willingly let and consciously let it happen.
0: Right. No, I Definitely. think so. I think you play with it. I think you use it yeah. to then help... I Because th- I think it can then be a tool... I think this is where like counter-transference may play a factor too. (laughs) You're
2: really swimming in it.
0: I feel like I feel like I'm swimming it because I'm just also like, I'm also trying to learn object relations theory, which this is from its heart, but i still don't fully get it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But, um, I think that, yeah, because then I'm just thinking like, then you can use it in the sense of like it being projected does seem helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, and then it having a place to be identified in. And then it's now you can work with what's been done.
1: Well, doesn't it almost feel like art? Y- you know, you, you've you got these things. I'm looking at Macy's art, everybody. You've got, you've got these thoughts and feelings and expressions on the canvas. And now you can see it. I mean, think about music. Same thing. It's like, I guess, in a conversation with a person, you're like, I'm going to put this on you so I can see it. Now yeah. you're going to act it out. You're going to act angry. And now I can see it.
0: Right. And then it could be like, and then I think that's where the therapist at the end could be like, here's what I saw you doing. I want like kind of pointing out the areas where what they were doing might point to what's happening in the person's inner world.
1: I feel like anybody listening right now is so confused.
0: I've, well, I'm so confused. <laughs> <I've>
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'll say this. I'm curious. I'm not confused. I'm curious about... I
0: feel like I'm so sorry. I'm bringing such a a very scattered energy to this (laughs) explanation.
1: I'm not confused. I know that there's more to this than I understand, but I I do feel like I get the gist of it in in the sense of like... (laughs) If I were to simplify it for listeners, I'd say there are mysterious moments in our interactions with each other Mm -hmm. as humans. Mm -hmm. And... I would say one of the things that the article that you sent me really got into is that that distinguishes this from traditional projection is this idea of the object. So the object is the person that's receiving this projection Mm -hmm. and um, what they do with that. Okay. Okay. Let me try to say this quickly. Um, There may be times when you're interacting with someone where you all of a sudden mysteriously find yourself feeling and acting in ways that are not normal for you. Mm. And that seems to be the point where you're like, maybe I'm experiencing a projection identification here. Like I don't usually feel this sad or this chaotic in the midst of a conversation with someone like, where is this coming from? It feels foreign. Mm. And it's like, somehow what's happened is like, it almost feels like you've been hacked.
2: This person Mm. has
1: gotten inside your system and inserted their own emotions and has manipulated you into feeling and acting this way.
0: Right. And that's the thing they point out. It's like almost like they themselves, they say they insert themselves into Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. which it does. It feels creepy.
2: Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. I,
0: I think I'm like part of me is having. I'm trying to find my landing of where I do this and where it's happened to me. Mm hmm. Um, and I, I said this to you, like I feel like I've been the least introspective as I normally am on these defenses. Like it's these this feels hard for me to figure out where that's happening because it does feel kind of mysterious. Like, I'm like, how is the, how does it happen? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we get from the how does it transfer? How does mm-hmm. it get projected? You know, what is done? It doesn't feel very clear the mechanisms for which the the projection gets inserted. You know, does that make sense?
1: <laughs> well, it makes sense in the sense that you said it's mysterious and yes, it feels mysterious. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that grabbed my attention, which is why I thought this was going to be, and it is an interesting topic is you said that there are times the way this manifests itself often is there is a insecurity in ourselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we create situations where we do projection identification so that the, the so that the relationships and the interactions that we have confirm the insecurity and we sort of make those happen we set we set those situations up those scenarios up and so that got me thinking about us sometimes but all my relationships where i'm like okay if my general insecurity is that i'm not really wanted i'm yeah. not really like everybody if you're listening to the podcast you know scott I'm 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 pretty cool with myself. Like, I'm walking around the world. I'm not like walking around like seeped in like insecurity or something like that. But the general message that I feel like I've gotten through society and who knows like f- for all sorts of reasons through my own parents and my own upbringing and my own traditions and whatever is that I'm generally a nuisance and not really wanted around. So like oh, I kind of yeah. So maybe that also the intersection of introversion is that mm-hmm. like is my introversion mostly because I assume most people don't really want me around. Mm. Um. It's so so then Hmm. so then you create situations where that assumption is going to be confirmed. You know, I'm I'm going to be act a little annoying. I'm going to bring up and be a little bit high maintenance. I'm not. I'm going to be not so lighthearted, and everybody's going to be like, "You're being kind of annoying." I'm like, "Right, I am annoying. You're right. Yeah, I already knew that. Thanks. You know."
0: Is that is that it?
1: That was my that was my initial understanding of projection identification when you explained it to me but we've also grown in Yeah, well I
0: know I think I think that that's I've I think that's a piece of it. I I from what I'm starting to think of it it's almost like you have this thing inside of you you don't know how to manage you project it onto someone, but it's not like I don't. I don't know if you always look at it. To me, I don't know if you always look at it and are able to see that it's okay. Okay, the difference between it and projection to me feels like projection, which is I think was what you were kind of describing, mm-hmm. or maybe not projection. Like it doesn't feel like it's looking to confirm your feelings about yourself. It almost feels like it's looking like. It's trying to take them out of yourself, put them into this other thing, and have them exist over there so you don't have to deal with it. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense?
1: I would just <laughs> say, I, I think I think the the thing that I'm curious about for listeners and for me personally is to have this new framework to pay attention to when you may be... B- um, blaming some, someone for, ha- for bringing a bad energy into a conversation.
0: Right, okay, there it is. There it is. I do think, okay, what you just said I feel like is some part that was kind of described. of like you can go and enter a situation without realizing it, subconsciously needing to, like you're feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. You're not able to feel that way so you project, identify onto that person, then that person starts feeling that way and starts acting that way. And then you go and get mad or respond to that person acting that way, even though it's, it's essentially you you acting that way. Yeah, It's you who's done and set up the situation where that person, you've, you've dealt the cards and you're maybe psychologically expecting that to happen. You're wanting that to happen. But I feel like it's all happening on the subconscious level.
1: It's it's so wild. It's it seems like something that some sort of it would be this would be the premise from some for some crazy movie. Yeah. But it's what is happening. And when when I read about it, when I hear about it, I know it's true. Yeah. I know I've done it and I know I've experienced it and I know it's happening all the time.
0: I know it makes me want to, I mean, so when we come back, eventually we are going to try and deep dive, like kind of a situation that we've, Scott and I have had that maybe <laughs> highlights it. Um, but I feel like I'm, I'm definitely wanting to pay attention even more. It it feels like one of the hardest to track for some reason to me, which I don't know why Not that for is. Me.
1: This one feels easy to me. And, I, and, and I'm saying I, I've read this article and I know it's deeper and I know there's layers to it but um in terms of the ones we talk about uh i guess maybe maybe i don't know i don't know
0: i mean that's awesome
1: <laughs> i'm I, not saying i'm smarter i'm just saying this one seems this just i'm just like yeah projection identification like <laughs> we do this <laughs> people do this
0: <laughs> no i that's the thing i think i think we are always doing this i think i think i think almost there's a piece of me that's like too uh, there's there's a part of me that's like is not my entire existence maybe projective identification <laughs> maybe, maybe. you know what I mean <laughs> No
1: I know I know There's I thi-
0: definitely certain relationships that I can 100% see it being yeah a large piece uh, we,
1: This may come up in our in our little conversation about our fight <laughs> whatever that was But like I do feel like maybe one of the energies between the two of us is that I, I don't take it on as quickly as maybe others do with you hmm. I could hmm. be wrong. But um, if you are trying to project identify with me.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like you also can project identify whatever we're now coining that as a verb.
2: (laughs) I think it could project identify. I
0: think it could be like positive things feeling great about yourself.
1: Oh, well, there's another thing. I mean, (laughs) I'm feeling slightly dissatisfied this episode, just the sense of like. I, I think when we've done defense mechanisms in the past, you you present for 30 minutes of on one. Yeah. And then we take a break and then I present for 30 minutes. I don't know why this one seems so much. Maybe it's because it's so new to us. It seems so big. But I, 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 I want to say for me personally, a big takeaway that I'm going to be, be paying attention to in the weeks and months, years, life ahead. Yeah. Is when I'm experiencing a mysterious foreign emotion that yeah. comes out of nowhere in an interaction with someone. Like, where is this coming from? It's not coming from me. I wasn't feeling this until now. And yeah. now somehow I'm feeling sad. Now somehow I'm feeling angry. It's not empathy. It's not empathy. Empathy is saying, I'm in your sadness with you. Yeah. The, this projection identification thing seems to be when somebody like inserts it into you.
0: Yeah. Which, uh...
1: and, you're, and you're not doing it out of empathy. Yeah. You feel crazy.
0: No, I think that's true and I'm like, yeah, this it's sinking in even more.
1: Look it's it up everybody. Even more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's kinda scary to me if I think about it's scary to think about doing this to people. I think yeah. that's the thing. It feels it feels wrong. <laughs> yeah obviously but i i mean it feels wrong but then there's also in my we head, have
1: no way to uh police these things oh um well, hey well, somebody's but, projection identifying
0: well but here's my thing though here's the tension <laughs> that i'm holding it's like it feels wrong and it feels creepy and it feels all these things and yet i'm also like let's think of it from a systems approach and symptoms approach and like what is the projective identification serving? Where can we work within the projective identification? So it it is, it's like, if we can be more attuned, I think you're naming it exactly, like if we can be more attuned to like, man, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? Checking in with yourself. Have I done things to feel this way? Seeing what this person's doing. Okay, maybe this is happening. Well,
1: and yeah. What? That's my whole. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. No. I, I. 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 I see that. That's your whole point. I'm just having to articulate it myself.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 I. I. I am I, agreeing with everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. It's great. It's fantastic.
0: Please continue to support me.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was too enthusiastic about my support. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should just listened.
0: Um. Yeah. 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 This one feels, this one feels big and mysterious.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling when this topic arrives in the door, like we've, we've opened the door and and, uh, we're hosting this topic (laughs) and I'm very, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of drinks with this topic and we're laughing and we're like, and I feel like you're like really spooked. You're like, there's this presence (laughs) in the room. It's, it's projection and identification. You're like in the corner, giving this person the side eye. and be like I don't know about this stuff. Projection and identification. And I'm like, hey, Mace, have another drink. Let's laugh with. The
0: <laughs> I think I I think this I think everyone on this podcast is really seeing the <laughs> the fritz of my brain right now. <laughs> if I feel my brain feels completely and utterly fried yeah. of information, to be honest, you've been going hard this week. Um. So I think that that's this piece too. I'm like, I'm 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 trying to understand it too much to yeah. the point where I think I'm overworking trying to understand.
1: That's how I felt the night we did play, and I was talking about Winnicott. I mean, I I tried to read a whole book that week, and my segment was essentially me trying to sum up this whole book, and we both were both w- way in over our heads. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it is what it is. I I I'm I'm.
0: No I mean honestly I feel like it's interesting You're talking about this I feel like I, I was w- I Talking about other defense mechanisms Pre this Like start of education I was a lot clearer mm. <laughs> It's easier to understand Which I think is this interesting piece Of like right now I'm in like the muddy waters Of navigating it
1: You are a f- Funny person <laughs> When it comes to nuance, you know, you and I both you and I both have a funny relationship with nuance because I, I, I guess I always say the way you approach things is is very is uh is preferable and more admirable. Like I'm watching you do it, and I'm like, well that's a, that's a more responsible way to approach these things, you know. But I guess if you approach things with the assumption that there's always more nuance and more depth. And I guess this is the general approach we have on no small thing. Then you can approach it lightheartedly. You're like, no, nobody's ever going to get it. The people that have it the most still don't have it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The people that come up with these concepts, it's not like they just found, it's not like these are, this is like Joseph Smith who discovered Mormonism or something. It's like, no, Melanie Klein didn't discover some golden tablets. This is a concept that she came up with. Right. To help describe a very mysterious thing,
0: I know it's all just language, and it's it's all it's all missing it in some sense. Yeah, like none of it's actually getting at it. And like we've read this article, it's like there's so many nuances and the different opinions and ways people are defining it and describing it. I think that that's where I get overwhelmed because I'm just like, there's so many different ways to be thinking about it. I don't know how to think about it.
1: Think, that's how. Oh, <laughs> you're doing well. Gosh. I think that's what the podcast I think that's is. What we're is like, doing. It's like. Oh, so far, what we get to do is we get to say, right now where we're standing in this place in our in our uh, imaginary dinner party, where we've heard about our understanding
0: definition. of it is these things. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then and then I can say I can start to speculate about maybe sometimes I've experienced that. I'm I'm just very interested. I I am I my interest is absolutely peaked. Right I know, now. and
0: I wonder like if this is something that came to my mind in this conversation is. It just popped my brain of like the relationship between gaslighting Mm -hmm. and projective identification.
1: A hundred percent appropriate. Because
0: I feel like they're doing very similar things. Yes. Um, It's a lot of, I mean, I I would be curious if the root of gaslighting isn't projective identification. It feels like that might be the base of it. Mm -hmm. Is Mm -hmm. this projecting?
1: I feel crazy. Now I'm gonna make you feel crazy.
0: Right. And I yeah. can't handle that. Mm-hmm. And I can't handle what's going on. So I will therefore project it. And I mean, also like scapegoating feels to be playing a role in mm-hmm. this.
1: Transference, scapegoating, fantasy. I mean, there's all sorts of little placeholders. Like that that's another big one that uh, I talk about with my friend Sean. He he he's really got me like really into this idea of fantasy, and that's what the P eight. P-H. ph yes that's that's totally different than what we understand to be regular fantasy <laughs> so uh, i mean these are all things that need to be talked about at some point, <laughs> <laughs> at, some
0: point. at some point we'll have an episode fantasy with the ph
1: <laughs> i just think my biggest takeaway again i keep coming back to this is just the foreign feelings that you get when you're talking with someone yeah like, how am i feeling this way i mean how am i sort of i i think there's been relationships in my life where all of a sudden I'm acting in a way that I've never acted before. Like I'm almost playing a character. And I think like, I, I guess I said, like think about a puppet or a marionette or that sort of thing. It's like, I, 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 got, I got the sense as I heard this concept this week that it helped me understand that there are times when, when the person isn't necessarily doing this intentionally, but they, they feel a certain way or they, they, yeah. And and now they're making me act that way.
0: I have I'm having humongous thoughts right now. <laughs> <laughs> of of ex- of experiences of it. Honestly, probably too personal to share on the podcast. Hmm. But I'm like, oh, what if that was happening in this yeah. relationship dynamic? That would make a lot of sense. Dang. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. D- my cryptic I, don't I don't want to hear any my personal cryptic. thoughts
1: on this podcast. Uh, don't get too personal. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, it I I I, I won't I won't share about it, but I'm like it does it it might be helpful to go back and look at situations and see and be like, "Okay, I can see this. I can see what was maybe happening." Mm-hmm. that wasn't maybe from inside me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's maybe nice to hear, too, and just think about not everything is always coming from inside you. Well,
1: I, mean, I just think tonight is a, an extra, extra, extra indulgent, no small thing night in the sense that we're just having a real personal conversation here. But, like, if this is a popping off, but, like, if interjection is your thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might be the most susceptible to projection identification because you're like somebody's trying to put something on you. You're like, I'll take that. I swallow it. Yeah, I'll take it right now. Honestly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ooh, <laughs> that's interesting to think about.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's some of my early experiences with you, right? It's like somebody's not even trying to project identify, but like you'll receive it regardless, you know,
0: <laughs> and take it on in. Yeah. Jeez.
1: And now you're acting in a way that's like uncharacteristic in quotes, you know, to you. No.
0: um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is true.
1: Mace is is experiencing (laughs) is in five land tonight. It's stuck central. (laughs) (laughs) Too many thoughts. (laughs) Okay. Well, this has been a really good conversation
0: it's been wild.
1: <laughs> do you have any you, before we get to our friend Pat, do you have any closing thoughts?
0: Um I guess okay, my my closing thought is essentially this is as we continue to do defense mechanisms and these like psychological pieces that make up who we are, it's like each one of them really does reveal themselves as not being a small thing and something that's like an invisible force in our lives. This is clearly an invisible force in our lives and it's like i'm still we're still grasping at what it is but it's being able to start to pay attention and i think that you have been un- emphasizing this of the idea of like it being kind of mysterious and so i think it is kind of building that attuneness or like paying attention to that mysteriousness that's happening um cuz i i haven't been able to readily come up with a lot of great examples, but I don't think that's because there's a lack of them in my life. I think it's because now that we have this language, it's learning how to see it when it's happening. Um, So I just feel like, oh, now I'm going to start to pay a lot more attention to it and be curious about the happening when it's happening to myself. But then I also think just when I'm potentially doing it to others.
1: That sounds so wise and perfectly said. That sounds like, despite everything that's been said, that's like a perfect way to end this type of segment. And I guess I would say like, you know, the, the vibe I think we create is we're just talking about something. And maybe I like to think that if, a useful element to this conversation, if you listened in, was you're so frustrated with our lack of clarity that you go look it up for yourself. That's fine. Go look it up.
0: Right. Like, maybe this this confusion was the ultimate curiosity peak. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> now I'm too curious because these goons are still figuring out. But, I mean, also, this really, I feel like if you're here for this, you like, you're here for this conversation. Like, this is two people practicing the idea of trying to figure out something together be there, curious. There
1: have been some legendary episodes for us. I mean, people probably just breezed right on past and be like, that was weird. But for us we know how weird it was. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like our episode on voice.
0: Voice it goes down in history as one of the weirdest episodes. <laughs>
1: And and for people that would l- listen back, they're probably thinking that's a very benign episode. They're like, whatever, didn't maybe 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 the crazy thing is like somebody got a lot out of that. But um, color was a little crazy for me. The color <laughs> was wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe an episode like this it, it it just highlights that like this isn't the type of podcast where we have this like budget. I mean, I'm, I've been listening to dissect podcasts. I highly recommend dissect podcast. And I just love at the beginning, the energy of this, he, he always says, um, hi, I'm Cole Kushner. Um, or maybe it's at the very end. If anybody's listening, they're like, he does it. at the end. But <laughs> it's like Cole Kushna, He's like, consider donating to my Patreon. Um, I he he goes. Uh, There's no team behind this. It's just me. Hmm. <laughs> I love. It. I'm like. I love. Uh, it's just you. You're, it's you're, just you're doing the music. You're doing the editing. The research. Bam, bam, bam. And I think that's. Are you like, a
0: patron? No, I should be <laughs>
1: with all, all that I've been listening to. I really want to buy some merch. Oh,
0: that and I feel like that counts. The
1: merch is sold out, as we all know. All the merch is sold out
0: right now <laughs> everywhere. It's really upset. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I think. I think the the energy behind this podcast all along is like people that listen know that we're not like out here with a radio lab budget, getting no. all this research and like presenting this. It's a conversation. That's this. I mean, every podcast is different. Yeah, this is a conversation, and people know we love defense mechanisms, and people know we'll c- we'll circle back around to this one again when we have a little bit more. I can't
0: wait for it in like six months from now when we come back to this and we're like, oh, now this we is know na- this is what it is. Maybe
1: now we have figured it out ultimate enlightenment
2: (laughs) (laughs) with projection identification.
1: (laughs) 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 I mean, I still think I am in this headspace where I'm a little bit mystified by it. And I guess maybe I want to be paying attention to times where I might unknowingly be doing it to someone else. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I am definitely aware of times, not always aware. I'm, I'm but aware. you can
0: access times of it happening to you.
1: Well, projection for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit more curious about this this idea of like projection identification, like times I might. I don't know. I don't know. I guess again, a, another final little takeaway is that this this takes projection to another level.
0: Right, because then it it, it becomes a part of you. Yeah. I mean, it it's like we said earlier, it's. It's almost as if the person then interjects it.
1: Mm-hmm. Honestly, everybody, if you listen to the podcast and you're thinking this is a bunch of nonsense, or if you're like, that's not it, like if you're listening, just please, send please us an email. DM us We'd love let to us know. know. Yeah. It's no big deal. <laughs>
0: that would be awesome. We, we would <laughs> highly appreciate that.
1: For for whatever reason, these types of things captivate our minds. Yeah. We hear it. That's what happens. It's happened.
0: just we our affinity. It. We're just like, oh, we got to explore this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Other okay. people, other people really want to talk about their sports teams.
0: It's true, they do. They're curious <laughs> about their sports, and other people really want to talk about politics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Other people really want to talk about.
1: I'm not really. Food. I'm not really interested. <laughs> I, I would talk about food before I talked about all those things. And I and I and I I think knowing about politics is important, but I'm not interested in talking about it. They're very boring conversation. Maybe the most boring. Anyways. Okay, you guys. When we come back, um, we have something—a a treat. Mm-hmm. What What you're about to experience is like a giant ice cream cone. Like a, a, it's a, a true. Big, we're handing you a big treat. It's our friend Pat.
0: That's a great. That's a great <laughs> way of putting it.
1: And he's coming in with a new segment.
0: <gasps> a knows? new segment for the pod.
1: <laughs> maybe we're gonna. Maybe we're gonna be a podcast eventually that has multiple. Re- like s- segments cycling through. Yeah. So we got Ruvenations.
0: And now. And
1: we've got all big things.
0: You were curious. Your <laughs> curiosity's peaked.
1: And then we'll come back to say goodbye to you after that. So when we come back, all big things.
0: I'm like, should I warn people about my breathing? Apologies for the heavy breathing coming up. I was not wearing my headphones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it right now. <laughs>
1: Hey, we're in the house, and Pat is not in the house. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, but we are here with uh Pat Hodges, our friend, and our this is friend. our brand new segment called All Big Things.
0: With Pat Hodges. With Pat Hodges. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Um, and so, Pat, hello. Hi. Pat. Pa- oh, wait, let's just let's just describe the situation here. Um, we're social distancing. We have a long 24. 24- 25-foot mic cable extended out onto the porch. We'll post Mm -hmm. some pictures on our Instagram. Pat is talking to us through a window. (laughs) (laughs) We've never done this before. Brand new, no small thing A new
0: COVID setup here for the interview.
1: It's very exciting.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we have with us Pat Hodges. Maybe some people who are listening know of Pat and are like, Pat, but Mm -hmm. some people don't know. But we are very excited for you guys to meet Pat. Um, Pat, how would you introduce yourself as a person?
3: Uh, (laughs) my name is Pat Hodges. I'm a six foot five American male. I live (laughs) in the greater Seattle area.
1: I teach third grade. Bam. And we know Pat. Well, I will say I know Pat. And I think you do too, because we were all leading a youth group together.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. That's how you met Pat, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me and Pat and like Reuben all we're doing youth ministry with the same like age group of kids.
1: Mhm. Yes. So. And then we started a new youth group together that we're all doing. And that's not just how we know Pat, but that's some that's a way we know Pat.
0: It's true. We all we all know each other yeah. from this church. Yeah. Yes. It was the base it was the base of all these friendships. Yes. Um a strange thing, but Pat Pat it's kind of legendary in I feel like your presence in terms of like being with kids, being with youth, being uh, a a big charismatic person at this oh, thank space, you. yeah, absolutely beloved, beloved. Oh, um. So we had Pat. So we've been t- running this podcast for a long time, and I don't know when the idea came to do this segment. All big things. Do you I guys feel remember? Like, it
3: was like a year and a, it was a while. Ago. It, was it was a, a ago. long time been ago. Been oh, for, for sure. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and we we're just talking and i think it just came we were like what if we did this segment with pat
3: i remember it kind of started as a joke where you told me the podcast was called no small things <laughs> and i offered an idea for an opposite podcast called all big things
1: <laughs> and that's how the idea started
0: and then we were like yes wait that's great that will be so funny
1: i mean essentially it's kind of funny because essentially it's those both phrases are saying the same thing in a different way. No small thing.
0: All big things. I. That's actually true yeah, yeah. when you think about it.
1: But I do like it
0: because it's like all big things. Like all things are big.
1: Yeah, which it is. W- our th- it would be funny if there was a true way to reverse. Uh, the meaning of our podcast which we're not going to hear because this is extremely playful and not what would be
0: the opposite of the, things the,
1: the, the opposite would be oh, ooh, um <laughs> i guess all small things would be the opposite all small. Things. All, all the things are is small. All yeah.
0: everything's are. Like, take, like,
1: everything is tiny. Taking something like the Grand Coulee Dam and minimizing its significance <laughs> greatly. Like this is a big thing and it's very insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the opposite of what
3: we this do. This
0: podcast we take like giant <laughs> things that are like you're, like.
1: you're just not
3: impressed with them. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's a big wall <laughs> in the middle of the river. <laughs> Give me something really
1: cool. <laughs> But I do like all big things. All big yeah. Things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are. We're here a year and a half later. Very classic Scott and I. Doing well like this idea. Oh and well, then I
1: mean a lot of ideas have gotten put on hold because of COVID. So I'm sure true. this would have happened yes. sooner if COVID weren't. I don't right. know if that's the
3: case. I don't okay, know. That's true.
0: I, I think I'm with pat on that, but <laughs> <laughs> <I> also... <laughs> we're here.
3: We're here. We're here. So
0: we're here now doing all big things. So this is gonna be a segment similar to like a rubination. Where every once in a while in the middle of a pod, you'll come in and it'll be uh, all big things with Pat Hodges.
1: I will say so far, no headphones. D plus.
2: What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) D plus with your sound. Oh, no. (laughs) You're everywhere. (laughs) Did I put that? You just stay close to the mic, but you're like, ah oh, hey.
0: (laughs) You have a lot of
1: practice staying close to a mic. And that's what we've had to do all this time.
0: Okay, I'll be more conscious of it.
1: <laughs> I think just stay like about here, about three fingers. That's as far as you can go. Do you think this is good? Yeah, perfect. Okay, you just got to stay there.
2: Okay, here I am,
1: um,
0: locked in
2: this position. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay, we're going to talk about the Grand Coulee Dam. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna hand it over to Pat. So I'm going to talk to you about
3: the Grand Coulee Dam in Grand Coulee, Washington. Here we go. If you don't know what the Grand Coulee Dam is, it's a dam. It's very big. One might even say it's it's grand. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in Washington. If you're not familiar with Washington geography, much of the eastern part of the state is very sparsely settled. And so it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's not near anything, but it's my favorite piece of infrastructure. Dang.
1: Have I even ever been there? I might have. I think I've been to the Grand Coulee Dam. Sorry. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's really a magical place. I've been like 10 times. Because what, what, what a town or state or city is it closest to? It is closest to the town of Grand Coulee, Washington. Ah. What's another one? It is a few hundred miles from Spokane. Ah, yeah.
3: Wow. So Not it a really few is
0: like
1: my family a lot of my dad's side of the family lives in Colfax, Washington. And I think it's when we would visit my family in Colfax that we took a few trips to the Grand Coulee Dam, I think. It's
3: like in the northeastern part of the state. Yeah. It's right off of the Colville reservation. Okay.
0: How old were you when you first went to the Grand Coulee Dam?
3: What I was your first in,
0: experience?
3: I was in high school. Okay. When I first went there, I was on a road trip with my mom and my brother and my brother's friend, and we were going to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, to meet my cousin because my mom was going to sew a, a wedding dress for my cousin, hmm. and then we were going to go to the Silverwood Theme Park in Coeur d'Alene, Washington. Which, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, that's a great—that's a great theme park. It's—it's <laughs> it's it's much less expensive than Disneyland.
1: Um, yeah. What, what it, do you, how does it compare to, like, Enchanted Parks? Like Wild Waves? Yeah. It's far superior
3: to
2: okay, Wild okay. Waves. <laughs> I've never been.
1: I've never been to Silverwood. So. Silverwood's great. Okay,
3: But we were on the way there, and we saw a sign for Grand Coulee Dam, oh. and we were ahead of schedule. And so I said, Mom, can we go see the Grand Coulee mm. Dam? And the initial reason I wanted to go is because I could say the word dam as much mm. as I wanted. Mm. And mm. I, mm. I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <The> Grand Coulee <laughs>
3: Damn. Yeah. Damn. It turned out to be like two hours out of our way. Um, and we did not know this. But my, my mother's a stubborn woman. and so, so once
0: it was, you were going, you were going?
3: We were going. <laughs> and we got there and it was amazing. It's very big. H- hence why it's in all big things. It's like a mile across. Well, it's almost a mile across. It's 600 feet tall. But that's from the riverbed, so you don't see all 600 feet of it. Yeah, and it is the largest dam by volume in North America.
1: Wow, wow.
0: that's yeah. big information.
1: I mean, I'm saying it's, something so outrageously.
0: This is no small thing. Right it's now. such a big <laughs> thing.
1: It is. It used
3: to be the biggest dam that. in the world. Jeez. But then there have been several it. in China that have been built that are larger um, than the Grand Coulee Dam.
2: Thing.
1: Does anybody, side note, remember, I don't know, there's a big dam, and now I'm, now I'm now I'm having a lot of fun thinking about s- saying the swear word, <laughs> <laughs> the big dam, uh, uh, in Superman 1, the movie. I wonder what dam it oh, is.
3: I think that's Hoover Dam. Okay. Which I've been to Hoover Dam as well, and I got to tell you, I don't like uh, it as much as Grand Coulee Dam. Underwhelming? Underwhelming. It's <laughs> taller than Grand Coulee Dam. Uh, but the visitor center is much more expensive, and mm. so is parking. Mm. Mm. California. Is ne- it California? Nevada. Nevada. <laughs>
1: Nevada. Okay. Nevada-Arizona border. Okay. <laughs> Nevada-Arizona border. Okay. Um, well, Dang, that Superman feeling.
0: Road. So you're... Do you just feel so small?
2: Yeah, I've,
1: what was the feeling? You got there? I
3: well, feel like the, the
2: clouds
1: parted. Young Pat.
3: We came up... We, we, came, we came at it from the upriver direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So upriver on a dam... Most of it's underwater. So I just see this kind of thin stri- stri- sh- oh, strip up of river, concrete up river. above the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we come past the dam, and it's huge. Yeah. It's giant. You see the full face of concrete on the spillway, yeah.
1: Yeah. and it's awesome. I feel and like I, I'm picturing like clouds parting and choirs singing, and you yes, just dazzled.
3: That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you can even... I don't know if I imagine this or if this is a real thing. There are a lot of electrical wires going above it because it's also the largest hydroelectric plant in North America. Hmm. And I felt like I could hear electricity. I bet you could. It was awesome. I feel like
0: you probably could feel it in your body.
3: I felt like I was in the presence of Thor, the God of Thunder.
0: (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) gosh!
2: It was amazing. That's
0: a big feeling. Yeah. Mm Wait, okay... I don't know much about dams to be honest. Okay. Are dams like
1: Oh gosh. Oh gosh, this is good.
0: <laughs> well, I just I think about it and I'm like what like how what is their effect on the natural environment? Like are they Ooh,
3: Not great. Not great. Um, okay. Well, there's a there's a few different parts of this answer. Yes. Uh, I'll I'll start with the not great parts. There there are no more salmon in the upper Columbia. Because Grand Coulee is too big for a fish ladder. Mm. So salmon can't get to the the upper Columbia. Mm. Uh, The Columbia River has totally changed since Mm. it's been dammed. It Mm. used to be a very kind of wild, rough river. Mm. But now it's essentially a series of lakes. Mm -hmm. Because there are 11 dams Mm. on the Columbia. Wow. Um, Also didn't know that. Yes. It was a big, big infrastructure project in the 30s and 40s. Mm. Um, So... It totally changes the natural ecosystem. They actually have a, a salmon hatchery above the dam.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, like upriver of the dam so that there could be salmons there because there's some treaty hmm. uh, things with the Colville tribe where they need to, they by their treaty, they need to have access to salmon. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the, the, the Colville and the local tribes, it, there used to be this big kind of important spot for them at Kettle Falls, upriver of the dam big religious area, uh, they'd come every year and catch salmon, and that, that's that's totally underwater now. Mm. So dang, huge, dang. massive effect, yeah. both on the natural world and on the local inhabitants.
0: These big things. But it, big it, things. it generates yeah.
1: electricity.
3: Well, that's another part of it. So the kind of the good part of it is it's, it, that's clean energy. That doesn't produce any carbon, Um, 75% of energy in the state of Washington is produced by hydroelectricity. Hmm. And that's, you know, every kilowatt hour produced by the dam is a kilowatt hour that's not produced by coal. Hmm. It also does flood control. Um, there used to be terrible, terrible floods on the Columbia. A lot of lives Hmm. lost. Um, this doesn't happen anymore because you can control the floods by the dams, by how much water you let down.
0: Let it down, yeah.
3: Um, the Grand Coulee Dam, it's actually, actually its main function as originally intended is, is irrigation hmm. and it irrigates an area in eastern washington um it, they adjust exactly how much it irrigates but it can irrigate an area the size of two delawares holy in eastern smokes. washington wow and
2: two
3: that was delawares before that's your high desert
0: Okay. Oh, I'm okay. feeling so many complicated I, I, emotions I, okay. hearing I, I, about I, this dam. So I,
3: I love the dam. I absolutely <laughs> love Grand <laughs> Coulee Dam. It's obvious. And with that, it's there's some problems here. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, it's it's complicated. Honestly, it's I it's like this is the Curiosity Podcast. My pot like my curiosity is peaked. I'm like I want to look into this more. I want to like. Mm-hmm know the people's land that this is and like understand like that effect in their home. Like mm-hmm. that to me, it's like, it's so, I don't know, but it is very, obviously it's doing great things for so many people. It's just so mm-hmm. complicated.
1: <laughs> I have I, w- one thought I had when you were talking about it is like, I, I, sometimes there's podcasts that have all of a sudden some, you know, like money or budget or like some production people. And I want like, the illustrated version of Pat's story, visiting the Grand Coulee Dam mm-hmm. while he says it,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: want to see it like a moving cartoon.
0: And like the, the buzz <laughs> and the like Thor like yeah. energy yeah. coming. That I also, that's a
2: good idea.
1: Also, mm-hmm. now I want to visit the Grand Coulee Dam. Well, <laughs> there's we a help. laser show
3: at the Grand Coulee Dam. Wow. That, uh, it's pretty good. It's, where is it? Where do they do it they They project lasers onto the dam.
1: dang ah, that's cool I think you mean not during tonight's segment. <laughs> no dangs allowed
0: <laughs> i I like is damn damn is considered a swear word
2: it w- no, it, I mean so. it was when I was growing
3: up
0: traditionally. I'm trying to think.
1: Do you not consider that a swear word?
0: I'm like, it's to me it's like not it's not quite a swear word. Like I wouldn't if I said damn on this podcast, I wouldn't walk away and think I swore on the podcast. Yeah.
1: It's a lighter like swear like a
3: low level this yeah. is how I figured it out when I was a kid. They can say damn on Star Trek the next generation, but they can't say shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the it's the that's the hierarchy. It's, the, it's like it's damn. It's the first
0: of the like the, yes. the harder and then swears. As
3: you move up, it's ass. It's like damn and hell. It's yeah. like the religious ones are kind of okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even though it's about eternal torment, <laughs>
1: <laughs> isn't hell, that
3: interesting? I, didn't,
0: I did not ever grow up with hell being a bad word.
1: I did. I did. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Solid. Like you, you weren't really growing up in like a Christian house. No, I wasn't. Pat, Pat and I were. Do you want to say any other facts about the Grand Coulee Dam? I would love to say some facts about Grand Coulee Dam. Well,
3: I'll start with some statistics. Uh, It has 12 million cubic yards
1: of concrete inside. I don't even I can't even comprehend that.
3: I can't. Well, it's uh, for kind of dimensions. It's about a mile wide. Its base is the size of four Great Pyramids. Jeez.
2: What?
3: Its base is the size of four Great Pyramids.
2: Wow.
3: It's 600 feet tall, which is about as tall as the space. Well, okay, it's 550 feet tall, which is about as tall as the Space Needle.
0: It's just massive. And yeah.
3: that's from riverbed to the top. So you can't ever see all of that because there's always part of it that's underwater. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, It does hold one world record. It has the world record for during its construction, the most concrete poured in one day. In one day, there were twenty thousand cubic yards of concrete poured on the Grand Coulee Dam. Jeez, it was it was a massive project. There were ten thousand people who worked on it. Wow, this is the this is in the middle of the Depression, so one of the it was very very popular during the Depression because it it provided a lot of jobs for a lot of people. Uh, Like the president would come by. President Roosevelt came by at one point. President Truman came by when it was finally finished.
0: Yeah, how long did it take to make?
3: Uh, it took like 20 years. Okay. To wow, make. Geez. And they changed the plan several times cuz originally it was going to be mainly for irrigation, but then when World War II happened, they switched the focus to hydroelectricity hmm. to power the heavy industry in the in the Seattle area. Hmm. Um and then they switched it back over. And now now it's both. Now it it does both hugely.
1: I ugh. I, I, this is going to sound really ignorant. Go for it. Uh, do you remember the Do you remember the book Boys in the Boat? I
3: have heard of this book. Nice. I, I once attended a church where there was a there was a preacher who
1: who, who quite liked this book. Oh, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nervous laughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think one of the guys in that, I think one of the guys in that book go, goes out to work on the Grand Coulee Dam for summer, but I could be wrong. Oh, oh that's I'm sure. Here well, there.
3: there are ten thousand guys. Right. Well. Almost entirely men who worked on it, and most of them were from Washington.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's where my sense of time and space really could get me, because somebody could be like, "Oh, Boys in the Boat" was written in the 1960s, or, or mm-hmm. that all. I, but like, I do think it happened. I do think it happened in this yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> I could be wrong.
2: <laughs> who knows? <laughs>
3: the fun fact about the workers who worked on the dam. Here it is. So they built. They built. They built two towns. One for the engineers and their families, and one town was mostly barracks for the single working hmm. men who hmm. came because mo- very few of them came with their families. And there was also the existing town of Grand Cooley. Now engineer town and the town of Grand Coulee were on one side of the river and the worker town was on the other side of the river. Whoa. And there were a lot of bars in Grand Coulee, And so the workers would like every night they'd go through engineer town and <laughs> to get to the bars. Hmm. And this became a big problem because they made a lot of noise mm. while they were coming through. And the engineers were like, hey, that's a lot of noise. Let's do something about this. So what they did is they built a catwalk that went from and en- from Builder Mason Town, as they called it, where the builders lived, and went over the river, over
1: the dam, to the bars. That what? That is almost impossible to imagine.
3: But
0: it's engineers all living in there, like, mm-hmm. wanting to keep it. This right. Is so, and so they're like, "We'll build this thing."
3: But see, here's the thing. It's all <laughs> so these drunk crazy. guys on this catwalk, <gasps> and they would fall into the river. So they hired <sighs> a former Olympic champion swimmer to just swim around in the Columbia River no. and recover no. people that fell in.
1: Oh my gosh. Weird, weird and wild. This is hard to believe.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is what the tour guide at Grand Coulee Dam told me. Huh. So, he might I have been it. lying, but I, I don't think it. he was.
0: Is so funny! Oh my goodness! The
3: swimmer ended up dying, but uh, goodness, <laughs> goodness,
0: <laughs> from the river. Yeah, like he dying? drowned. No,
3: he drowned. There, there were eighty-one people who died in the construction of the dam.
0: Yeah, wow, that makes sense. Jeez, jeez, yeah.
1: eighty-one people that died in the construction of the dam. Yeah, most of them from falling. Yeah, not surprising. Not, there's no oh. one inside the concrete. I
0: just got a chill run down my body. Yeah, of it's like. That's I mean, word. five
1: people would have been a lot. I can, again, my my. I mean, this is turning yeah. out to be truly all the big things. I like I know, uh, well, my brain can't really make space for that fact.
2: Well, I know, deaths. and
0: alongside like the probably deaths and lives like moved in order yeah. for this dam to be built. Yeah, like alongside that, those are
1: they had to uproot eleven towns.
0: Yeah, that were Jeez. in
3: the
1: flooded area.
0: Yeah, how, Jeez.
1: how do people how do people make sense of that at the time? Because I feel like it. I mean, it seems like I, I guess that was happening all over America in terms of building and construction. Mm-hmm. But like it seems like one death is like, OK, shut it down. Let's improve our practices. Or I don't you know.
0: I think we live in in like a place where most of our products are getting from like places where people are dying or not being yeah. Yeah,
3: treated. Yeah, dang. It's like we live in a
0: capitalist society. <laughs> yeah. Labor yeah. is.
3: And that was money. very common for construction at the time. Yeah, mm. it was it was dangerous work. Dang! What else you got for us, Pat? About the Grand Coulee yeah. Dam? Let me think for a sec.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if mm. you don't have much more, we also can. We we have a really good, exciting um, ending to this. Oh yeah, segment, we're at everyone. twenty
3: minutes. We can end the Grand. We're at twenty Dam. minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think we can end it. Do you Every- have any
0: last facts? You you were like gearing up for one.
3: Um, it's like a long. I, I mean, I was gonna talk about the geology of the region, but that's a that's a <laughs> whole long story. I yeah, maybe we'll have. Part two of the Grand. Part Cooley. two of the Grand. <laughs> but like, Part I will say well, honestly,
0: that would be good because I would. I'm, I'm like feeling like I want to know more.
1: Yeah, I think we will post some things about the Grand Coulee Dam on our Instagram this week, probably. There are some <laughs> excellent documentaries
3: about it on YouTube. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Both. I,
0: I'll <laughs> watch them.
3: <laughs> I think most people are going to be interested after hearing this. Yeah. It, it, if you're interested in the geology, just a little a little tidbit: the whole mm-hmm. geology of Eastern Washington was formed by a series of cataclysmic floods during the Ice Age, like like biblical style, mm-hmm. and that's where the Grand Coulee
1: comes from.
0: Oh, interesting!
1: Holy smokes! Holy smokes! Mm-hmm. I take in? Okay, everybody, I take when in? we're doing youth events and youth <laughs> trips. Um, it is often the case that if we're on a long bus ride or we're having a lull in a day and everybody's sort of sitting around and we're waiting for the next thing to happen. Pat has like a a whole bag of jokes that a he brings out A whole bag of jokes. That 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 he's willing to tell any time basically. <laughs> and uh he has one with several classics and tonight we're going to end this segment with a classic
3: I
0: wonder if all big things always ends with a Pat joke.
1: That would be good too. That would be
3: fun. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Starting a new tradition. Here it is. So guy walks into a bar. It it could be a bar in Grand Coulee, Washington. Let's uh, guy walks into a bar in Grand Coulee, Washington, and uh, he has a very small whale in his pocket and he takes it out and he places it at the bar and the bartender, he's a little weirded out by this. You know, but this guy's a pro. He, uh, he's seen a lot of weird, weird things in his day. And he goes to the guy, and he says, Hello, sir, what can I get for you? And the guy says, well, I'd like a Coca-Cola, please. And so the bartender goes to get the guy his Coke, and the guy says, Wait! Don't you want to know what my whale wants? And the bartender says, What does your whale want? And the guy says, Why did you ask my whale? And so the bartender leans down, and he asks the whale... What can I get for you, ma'am? And the whale says. <laughs> you i wa
1: Okay. Hey, everybody. We are back. And let me tell you a story here. So we recorded and okay, if you're interested. So Mason and I started this podcast on the fly. When people ask, it's a very interesting thing because I think it's a little bit like publishing. I've never published a book. I would like to publish a book. Scott's going to do it. Yeah. I'd love to do that. And I am in this stage where I'm still sort of mystified by the process of publishing like how how, how do you do it yeah. how do, do you t- yeah. get it
0: on the shelves yeah how do you sit down and actually write a book
1: yes at the same time i know people that have been published and so it's like i know it's possible but anyway, anyways it's, it's interesting being on the other side of this podcasting world because at the end of the day this is utterly doable and and it's not easy in the sense of like how time consuming it is but right. it, it's not complicated
0: once we once you figured it out, it's like, okay, now I've learned the skills of how to podcast. Yeah. Got it.
1: People people are so Lots mystified of YouTube videos. by like how you get on iTunes. And everybody, anybody can be on iTunes if you're not like saying terrible things on your podcast. It's not I don't you don't have to pay any fees. Maybe not that I'm think aware. there's a little fee. Like a dollar or something. Very minimal. I
0: think you might pay like an eight dollar monthly fee.
1: Okay. Well I have to pay Maddie fee? Okay. Maddie, Maybe Maddie, no fees. Maddie, Maddie set it all up for us. Honestly. <laughs> it's true. So, so, if you really want Find the ultimate advice, though. get yourself a friend that will set this all up for you. Because <laughs> that's, that, I mean, honestly, there there would be no small thing without <laughs> Maddie.
0: <laughs> Forever and always. Grateful. I
1: would have never set this up.
0: No, know? it was him making the email for us, which we don't check very made often. Made an email, made We have a an YouTube. email on no small thing podcast at gmail.com. Yeah
1: okay, okay. So welcome
0: back, everybody. You were expecting a story <laughs> and now you're getting some lovely ramblings. Go ahead. Well,
1: so what happened was we've been using this thing called a it's 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 the brand is Tazcam.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a little box that's meant to be screwed onto like a DSLR camera that's meant to give you the capabilities when you're recording on the go. Mm-hmm. To, but we've used this as our podcast recording equipment right. It's really hard to interface with.
0: We got it. We got a hand-me-down. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. After all these years, I've never actually quite known how to work it. It's weird. Yeah. It's
0: a small little box.
1: So we have in front of us this thing called the roadcaster, which if you're listening to us now, the sound is actually pretty darn good now, I think. But the first week, it, people had some problems. But this is an actual thing that is meant to record podcasts. Uh, but it, there's going to be some a learning curve.
2: Yes.
0: Bless you.
1: One learning curve is that um, in the the box with the Rodecaster, they gave us a 15-gigabyte SD card. I assumed it had more. So several times now, our recording has shut down mid-recording.
0: Because we've run out of space.
1: I have a new SD card, micro SD card, in the Rodecaster this week that has 64 gigabytes. Much better. we're more...
0: We're more prepared. Mm-hmm. So essentially, what's happened is yep. we recorded a segment that was a telling of a story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I'll be honest in saying that the telling of the story got very complicated and emotional. So maybe it being disappeared from the roadcaster was a miracle. Yeah, but we do not have the story today. It yeah, we has <laughs> we ran out of space on the card and it got lost.
2: It
1: was supposed to be a fun lighthearted <laughs> ending, and it took a turn and Surprise. got really emotional.
0: <laughs> I got very dramatic
1: <laughs> but but by the time we ended it, we looked at the board here and um, the, it had the, the 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 SD card it was full so anyways, uh, everybody, thanks for listening to no small thing. I hope you liked Pat's all big things i I hope you enjoyed this discussion about projection identification. we love you. Thank you for being on the journey with us.
0: Yes, yes, yes. We
1: don't quite know what next week's episode is going to be. We're
0: True. out here
1: working on ideas. We're
0: working on some something light,
1: something light for There's sure. The hopes, something in the ballpark of chips or phones or something outlandish and silly, where somebody would think schools, we, schools maybe. you
0: we are thinking maybe schools. Which that would be medium. That would be, I mean, we, we could go down lighthearted routes, but I also think it would be interesting to just think, be curious about our schools. What's our schooling was like, the school systems.
1: I could pop off so hard right now to schools. We'll save it. Yeah, maybe next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we will see you next week.
2: Yep. help.